Last week, Loyola Press launched a new coffee table style book titled Sharing the Wisdom of Time. The hope is that it will help counteract today's culture of waste that leads young people to marginalize or ignore the elderly by inspiring both groups to come together and rediscover older people's lost treasure of their wisdom. The main contributor of the book is Pope Francis, who calls for a new alliance between young and old to change the world. Now, I grew up in Latin America where this idea that the elderly have no place in our lives is as foreign as snow. My grandmother was at our house every day and we spent most weekends at her place. I also remember the weeks leading up to Christmas when my mom would cart us all over the city for our yearly visits to all our elderly aunts and uncles and other relatives. We would sit quietly and listen to them. We learned a lot from them. It was normal. So here's what I propose. Next World Youth Day, make every group of young people require a certain number of seniors to travel with them. This happened unexpectedly two years ago when my parish was looking for people to travel to World Youth Day Krakow. Our group ended up about half youth and half seniors, and it was great. And hey, maybe the next synod will be the synod for the elderly, because quite often they too get left out of the church. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And Emily is still in Rome. She is. We're, we're going to be speaking with Emily later today. So good. That'll, that'll be good. We miss uh, her. We miss her, but it's her last week. She's back ah, in Toronto okay. next week. So next week she'll be in the studio with us, Billy. So Very you nice. don't have to do all this by yourself. <laughs> now, I, I'm excited because last week we spoke about marijuana. Yes. You wanted you to excited? Speak, you wanted to speak <laughs> about excited. marijuana. And we received a message from Chuck Miller from Hamsburg, Pennsylvania. Okay, before this, thank you for the email. Thank you, Chuck. I, I like uh, receiving emails. Billy's just happy that you sent an email. <laughs> but um, um, I'm going to read a little bit of, about what Chuck uh, wrote because he was not terribly happy with what what he thinks we said. Okay. Um uh, uh, ba ba He thinks that by trivializing, so he thought we were trivializing the legalization of marijuana as not being a sin because it is legal in Canada is extremely irresponsible. But we didn't say that. We did didn't we? say that. I don't think we said that. No. Um, and then he clarifies. He says, "Legal or not, it is a sin to use a drug to get away from your problems." Maybe you, and he says, maybe you, Deacon, can function better under the influence of weed or alcohol. I didn't say that. But I really struggle to think that doctors, nurses, truck drivers, scientists, accountants, machinists, um, our new Billy webmasters, function better with more than an occasional social drink. So he's saying that an occasional social drink is okay. Uh-huh. And then he says, I would hope that you would reconsider your casual perspective of allowing or encouraging these drugs in people's daily lives. Sincerely, Chuck Miller. Thank you, Chuck, for writing, but I, I do want to clarify, and I did respond to Chuck right away, but we didn't actually, did we trivialize? I mean, we may be trivialized, but we didn't say that it wasn't sin. You know, after, no, we, we didn't we didn't definitely like judge that or say it, this is a sin or this is not a sin. We didn't say that. No. Okay? But the thing is, I after that show, I I still have a lot of questions. Oh, jeez. You know? <laughs> no, but it's because, and you know what, but this is, a, this is, 
If you read the catechism, yeah, and you I have the you catechism right here. I brought it to the studio <laughs> because in the front of the like you have to read sort of the introduction to the catechism. I never read the introduction. Well, like... nobody does, and they think that the catechism is a rule book, and it's not. It's a pastoral document, so you oh, have to okay. know how to read it. So just because, and it's interesting. And the catechism has two paragraphs that talk about addiction or 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 smoking. See, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh. It says the virtue. So it talks about temperance. Uh-huh. So that's self control. Uh-huh. Um, it, it disposes us to avoid every kind of excess. And we did talk about that. We said yes. that anything in excess, you talked about sugar. Yes. And it says the abuse of food, alcohol, tobacco, or medicine. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, doesn't say drugs. Okay. But we, we, we get it. So it says those incur grave guilt who by drunkenness or a love of speed endanger their own and other safety on the road, at sea, or in the air. It's interesting that that's, that's what it says. Um, so it's, it's, it's talking about excess. And then in 2291, it says that the use of drugs, but it doesn't say if drugs means any, Ill- any illegal drug. or medicine, uh-huh. that the use of drugs inflicts very grave damage on human health and life. So if it's damaging, if it's unhealthy, of course, their use, except on strictly therapeutic grounds, is a grave offense. So if you're using marijuana for medicinal purposes, the catechism here is kind of giving you an an allowance because it's for therapeutic grounds and I guess any other medicine. But then it goes clandestine production uh, and trafficking of drugs, blah, blah, blah. So that's a whole other thing. That's about trafficking. That's illegal because because it's contrary to moral law. But there's no what, what I'm saying is that the catechism doesn't make any distinction or, or, or clarity. There's no clarity as to what, what the catechism means by drugs. So does it mean medicine or does it mean actual illicit drugs? And we were not clear as to whether the use uh-huh. of smoking marijuana was for therapeutic purposes or recreational. We um, do not have enough time to no, actually we, talk, talk about no, everything. No, we didn't. Yeah. No, but we did say that that all abuse of any substance may be sinful, right? Because if you, you're abusing it, yes. it could be sinful. And we did say that using certain substances could lead you to other things that are sinful. Uh-huh. Right? So Billy yeah. was smoking marijuana, so then I saw him running around naked in the park. It's just an example, okay? It's just an example, <laughs> okay? So that could be could be sinful. So so so, so um, it's interesting because you might wonder why the catechism doesn't say it's sinful. It actually says it's a grave offense. Oh. Interesting. But just because something is a grave offense doesn't mean that it's sin. Um, there, wow. there are other ingredients. That's another question for Church for Dummies. Yes. Um, for it to be sin, it's got to be grave, but it, there's got to be other ingredients there. So, but I, this is a very interesting topic, actually. You it know, is, you know, in is. our office, actually, the whole week we were talking about that. Even in lunchtime, and you know, among our coworkers, it is. Or co- it, colleagues, it's an important topic. We talk about yeah, that. Yeah, and, absolutely. And we have to question, you know, so smoking tobacco is also a, a, a substance. Mm-hmm. Consuming alcohol is also a substance, but we accept those because. We accept them. So it's a great conversation. I did not say that it's not sin. It could be sin. Uh-huh. Um, but we love your comments. Thank you, Chuck, for writing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support to the Salt and Light Hour. Write to us at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Yeah, um, this helps us and, to improve and if you And if you wanted to listen to that segment again, just to be sure that we said what we said and, and not said what we didn't say, uh-huh. it, all our programs are archived at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. So just go there. You can listen to all our shows again. Is yes. That fair? Thank you very much. Okay, so so as I said, Emily's going to join us from Rome later on. Jillian is going to be here to tell us what she learned from her kids this month. That's in about 10 minutes right after Emily. And then, Billy, you have a question? I have a question. Dummies? You know, it's very similar to last week. Okay. And, and this is about gambling. Gambling. Yeah, gambling. about gambling. Gambling, that's a good one. Okay, so that's coming up in Church for Dummies. And then, have you ever been on a pilgrimage? Yeah. <sighs> 
Um, that's another question for church for dummies too. What does it mean by a pilgrimage? Okay, well, we're going to be talking about pilgrimages Great. today because in a second half hour, uh, Lori Stewart, she's the director of the National Shrine Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Um, this is the shrine that has the oldest American replica of the Lourdes Shrine in France. So it's a replica. It's oh. been there for 200 years. And so she's going to speak to us about that, about what they do uh, at the shrine, but also because they are taking a pilgrimage to the Holy Land in March 2019. And I'm actually joining in that pilgrimage. So wow. I want to invite all our listeners who would like to go to the Holy Land with me next March to stay and listen to and find out how you can do that. Um, we're going to give you all the details. So that's in about 25 minutes. Uh, uh, towards the end, in our second half hour. And then at the end, sorry, I'm rushing here, Billy, but we got to, you know, time it's is okay. of the essence. Go ahead. Um, at the end of the program, we're going to be speaking with Lori Yubowski. You might remember that Lori and her husband, Adam, uh-huh. are part of a band called Out of Darkness. Um, and uh, last time we spoke with them, Lori told us about a mom, a mom and daughter book that she was writing with her daughter, Ava. Ava's 12 or 13 years old. So, well, the book is out now, and so we're going to be speaking to them about this mother and daughter journal. So all you moms and daughters out there, you want to stay and listen to that, um, about this, this mom, mom and daughter journal. Uh, with uh, Lori and Ava Yubowski. Plus, Out of Darkness has music that is being published now by World Library Publications, and so we're going to be listening to some of their songs. So why don't we start with one of those, Billy? Of course. Here is Out of Darkness with Living Bread from their latest album, Where You Are. Jesus, you have made us. 
That was Out of Darkness with Living Bread from their latest album, Where You Are. And we're going to be speaking with Lori Yubowski from Out of Darkness and her daughter, Ava, in about 30 minutes. But first, here's Emily all the way from Rome with our news from the Synod. Emily, welcome back. Thank you, Pedro. Glad to be back. Now, I want to know, because you finally, last week you hadn't spoken to the whole assembly but you'd have now so tell us what was that what was that like you had a chance to speak to all the bits and fathers and all the auditors and everybody there well um i i felt a little a little nauseous <laughs> for sure before i had to give my intervention yeah um you know the pope had said at the beginning of the of the month that he wanted us to have the freedom to change our intervention throughout the whole time until basically until the last minute until we actually had the opportunity to sh- to give our intervention yeah. to have the freedom to change it if we wanted to so to not kind of just stay stuck on the idea we had when we came in but to be open to maybe what the holy spirit would want to do yes. um in 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 our words through our words so um so i did you know, feel like I had that that freedom, and I and I did end up changing yeah. or making modifications to my intervention until the very last uh-huh. minute. Um, and I think that was also part of the um, part of what created the nerves because you're thinking, well, mm-hmm. you know, these little changes, no one's really reviewed it, no one's really told me, okay, this is, you know, you got the green light, this is good. And so, um, mm-hmm. so there's there's a little bit of that. But so, so what did you say? What did you tell them? Yeah, so, so, yes, exactly. So, um, essentially, um, I tried to keep it really simple and, and clear, um, and I, I spoke about the need for evangelization. Um, a lot of young people today don't even know who Jesus is. And, um, and sometimes one of our, you know, we, we tend to, to focus on, well, what can we do to attract young people? What can we do? What can we do? And, um, and well, the, the simple thing is to, to lead those young people who are searching and who are, you know, that, that thirst that is in every one of us, you know, to, um, to lead them to Christ mm-hmm. and to invite them into relationship with them. Um, but sometimes we don't know how to do that. So, um, so basically I was, I was saying to the bishops, you know, we need to form uh, missionary disciples, like to, to teach people how to lead others into a relationship mm-hmm. with Christ, how to invite others into a relationship with Christ. Because we're good at transmitting knowledge, um, but some, but then we kind of miss that extra step of like, you know, um, of inviting them into right, a relationship the relationship. With God. And sorry, just a question. So when you're doing your intervention, are you sitting in your seat and with a microphone or are you actually exactly. standing in the front? Oh, okay. So, so there's a list. They read out a list of everyone who's going to be speaking that day yeah. um, or uh, during that session. And so, um, you know, when I came back from, from the coffee break, yeah. the little, this little green light was on next to my seat, really? um, next to the microphone I would use. And so that me- meant that I would probably be speaking during that, that time. So you didn't know at the coffee break that you were speaking right after? Well, no, I knew. I actually knew at the beginning of that session that I would speak at some point. Okay, but not exactly when. But no, and, and, and also sometimes things change right. and yeah. there's no time or whatever, right? Yeah, and so, is the Pope there when you spoke? Was he there? So unfortunately, he wasn't. Oh. I was, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed about oh, that. that's okay. Um, he wasn't there that day, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're right. It's not it, about him, yeah. It's not about the Pope, <laughs> 
it's you know everyone else is there. Um, yeah, good. What kind of reaction? Yeah. What kind of reaction would you have gotten from some of the bishops that you've gotten to know? So, so some of them were, were really um, pr- happy with what I said. Um, there are a couple who came up to me and, and thanked me for for what I had said, mm-hmm. and um, and friends who you know who are back home read my intervention because it was posted on Salt and Light, and okay. some 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 of my friends wrote to me and said, oh, good. you know, great, good job, um, like we're proud of you. So, nice. so I felt really affirmed after that, definitely. Super, super. Now we have very very little time left, but can you tell? Yes. So so I, the, you've done the small groups. The final document has already been started. They're already writing it. What's yeah. happening next week? Like, how does that process work? Like, will you have sure. a document at the end of next week? Sure. So um, we uh, we should have a document, yes, at the end of the synod. And basically, the day before the synod ends, uh-huh. um, all of the synod fathers gather in the aula or the, the, the synod hall, yeah. and they they vote on the final report. So paragraph by paragraph, um, they vote. And... Um, of course, this isn't, um, this, it's not the end of the process, because after that, the Pope can choose to, to do something with yes. that, right? This is information for him. Right. And so, so if, he if, can use that and write like what he did with the an apostolic family, exhortation. Right, an apostolic yeah. exhortation. So if you were, you're voting, not you, but the bishops, the synod fathers will be voting paragraph for paragraph. And exactly. if they don't vote for a paragraph, then that paragraph doesn't end in the final document? So um, that's a good question. From what I understand, is is that um, everything basically ends up in the final report. But one of the one thing that the Pope wants is that the um, the number of votes are included. Um, okay, I that, see. That information at least okay. is available. Interesting. So that we know, you know, how many people actually did, right. you know, approve this, and how many people said no. Like, right. No. And is that document public? Will it be public? It could be. (laughs) We don't even know that. In the past, it has been. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. We'll find out, I guess, uh, on Sunday. Um, Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. I'll let you go back. Go to rest and so that you feel a little better. Thank you. And we'll we'll talk to you next week. Yes. In person. All right. Emily Callan, our Salt and Light Hour news producer for this month. She has been an auditor for the Synod of Bishops on Young People, the Faith, and Vocational Discernment. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hi, this is Lorraine Hess, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. All our programs are archived there. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. I am presently... Chasing someone around the house, trying to wipe her face. Trying to wipe her face lunch. after she ate, finished eating all the delicious baked home home baking that you did all morning, right? Are you gonna hide? Okay. All right, I'll find you later. All right, they're gonna play hide and seek. Let's oh, do this. Oh, great! So we can do this. Um, <laughs> what have you learned from your kids uh, this month? This month, well, uh, the lesson learned from my children is actually it's the lesson I'm learning from my sixth child. Uh huh who we have not mentioned yet on this program. No, because... Due to deliver any day now, and actually getting rather impatient about the whole thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, 
would be nice if the lesson I learned was about not being so impatient, but it isn't. It's more about um, not living your life out of fear, but joyful anticipation. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot to fear when you're making a person <laughs> inside of you, I find, because they're not visible. You can't see them. You don't know what's going on in there. And so with my personality type and my um, tendency to worry, you're just, I just always am worrying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to make sure everything's okay. And um, surprisingly, I'm not a frantic patient, and my doctor likes me a lot. That's nice. I just keep all my worries to myself, or I tell David, and I become, I sound like a crazy person. But I found with this pregnancy, just because there are five other people running around and you're busy and just keeping on your toes with all these other adventures that you're going on with these kids that there's not as much focus on the baby. Um, and so then every once in a while I'd sit down at the end of the day and be like, oh, gosh, did I feel the baby kick today? Oh, my hmm. gosh. I don't know. Did, was the baby moving enough? Is everything okay in there? And I would say uh, almost every time that thought passed through my brain, mm-hmm. the response would be and almost immediately a little nudge, a little kick, just a little, hey, Mom, I'm still here. That's okay. Don't worry about it. And so it just, I, I just felt... Yeah, great relief. Like, I could live in fear right now. I could just be always worried. But um, on the other side of this is a baby. And that's the, one of the most joyful things there could possibly be. And so instead of, and I say I'm trying. I'm not, it's not always a success, but I'm trying to live more in this idea of joyful anticipation of what is to come and that there's a baby um, and less out of fear. This is not a, like a, yeah, I, I think sometimes I <clears throat> I tackle things as though everything is a project to get done. Yeah. And I have to stop every once in a while and realize this is not a project to be completed. This is a baby. This is a person. This is yeah. joyfulness, which really and truly um, in little baby form. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge every day um, to rid yourself of that fear um, right now, my major fear is, what am I going to do with all of my people as I go to the hospital to have a baby, and will there be enough time? The last two babies came so fast, and so, yeah, just living in that, <laughs> that worry of making sure I don't deliver this child on the side of the road with all my other kids in the backseat of the van. That would be <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So, so if you could all pray for that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I would really appreciate that. Absolutely. Maybe even by the time this program airs, you will have baby number six on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. Just possible. No, it'll be fine. It'll be great. Joseph Joseph can drive, can't he? <laughs> 77. The thing I don't want to do is traumatize my other children. I just want to have this baby privately. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a quote that I read recently, too, from Pope John Twenty-Third. Mm-hmm. Let not, something like this. I'm paraphrasing, I think. But let not fear control you, but your dreams and your hopes. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, I, and anything like that, I kind of grasp onto because mm-hmm. I know fear is a thing with me. And I'll just also add, um, if anyone has heard of Jennifer Fulweiler, I know yes. we were talking about her earlier. Um, she's a Catholic writer and radio host, but she also has um, uh, a website that has like a word generator or a saint generator. Okay. Um, and it's not, I think she's trying to make it not so superstitious, like, here's your word. Right. This is your, this, but she says, approach it prayerfully and, you know, 
begin with a prayer, then get your word, and then see how that might apply to your life. Hmm. And my word for the beginning of 2018 was fearless, which made me laugh, and then I kind of forgot about it. Um, But it was in kind of going through this pregnancy and looking back and journaling and stuff, I realized, oh my gosh, my word was fearless. And so it seems to be a theme for this entire year where I just kind of really need to work Hmm. on that tendency towards worst case scenario or Mm. worrying or anxiety and and just to embrace the idea of God's got this under control. Yes. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fear. Yes. Be. So it's a good feeling when I can, when that things click and I can live in that moment (laughs) for a while. Absolutely. And, and uh, what a better opportunity then to giving birth, right? To be in the moment. <laughs> Thank you, Jillian. We're going to leave it there, but uh, I love that. And for people to, that want to go do the word generator or the saint generator, just look for Jennifer Fulweiler. Um, Joyful Anticipation with Jillian Cantor. <laughs> Next time we speak, you will have a six baby in the house. I hope so. In your arms. So <laughs> looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Thank you. There you have it, Jillian Cantor, our parenting expert. She's also the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and baby number six. Hi, this is Luke Spihar, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You want to contact us? Email radio at saltandlighttv.org or look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, also on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Or you can send a direct voice message right off our webpage at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... Chess for Dummies. With Billy Chan, who has a question about gambling. Yes, because I got judged. I got, I got somebody judge me about... What hey. do you want? So what is gambling sin? That's the no, question? yes, no. My question is, uh, no gambling. There's a lot of different levels of gambling, right? Well, you know, like like uh, buying a lottery. Buying ticket? a lottery ticket is kind of because uh, sixty million. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bought one too. <laughs> so I got judged when people say that. Oh, why you're Catholic? Why don't okay. you just uh, have hope to from God? And you know, yeah. God will give you all you need. Why you need a lottery ticket? Okay, you don't. Oh, okay. You don't. No, I, I But you know what? And the reason why I brought the catechism today was not to respond to, to Chuck, who sent <laughs> us an email. But it's because the, the catechism talks about games of chance. Oh. So this is number 2413. Chance. Yeah, so card games and stuff. Uh-huh. Or wagers. And it says, are not in themselves contrary to justice. Okay, so again... Objectively, they're not sinful. So the game itself is fine. Yeah, even even betting. Oh. Okay, they become morally unacceptable when they deprive someone of what is necessary. Okay, so if you're using, if you're, if it's an addiction and you're spending all your rent money gambling to buy or, lottery tickets, or if you're taking advantage of somebody else. So if you're doing the lottery and you're like you're doing the bingo and you're just taking the money of the poor people that don't have any money but you're, oh. they're playing bingo and nobody wins, then that becomes, uh, that becomes that's a lie. Morally problematic. Yeah. It is, a, but but yeah, but in itself, it's not because of the game. It's because you're just taking advantage of people. So unfair wagers, cheating at games are grave matter. Okay, so so that's it. Um, and and I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing in scripture. So or... is, we are safe. I mean, I am safe. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the other the other question I'd say, and this uh-huh. is this is why your friend who judged you, yeah, was was judging you, is because yeah, 
Um, if you buy a lottery ticket, does that mean that you don't trust that God is going to provide I for you? I trust God will provide yeah. me the lottery ticket too. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe God does want you and then you can share with your favorite deacon. <laughs> you have to. Anyway, don't say that. So, objectively, gambling is not sin. Okay. If it becomes problematic, if it becomes... Addiction or something else. An addiction else, yeah. or if it's getting in the way of your relationship. So, in a way, it's similar to what we were saying about smoking. Cool. Um, it can or if it leads to other sinful behavior... Uh, of course, it's problematic. So Thank there you. you. There you go. Church for Dummies uh, with Billy Chan. Uh, Billy Chan, our seasoned radio host and webmaster at Salt and Light TV. You can follow him at the Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, a mom and daughter journal. How does that work? And find out how to join me on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. There's something about pilgrimages that make them so important for our spiritual lives. Maybe it is the journey. This is why every year thousands of people go on pilgrimages around the world and there are so many pilgrimage sites all over. Many of us can't travel across the world and so we can make shorter pilgrimages right here in our own countries. And that's why there are shrines everywhere. And one of these is the National Shrine Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes in Emmitsburg, Maryland. It's the oldest replica of the Grotto of Lourdes, France, in the Americas. And they also organize pilgrimages to places abroad. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Lori Stewart. She's the director of the National Shrine Grotto. Lori, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, thank you, Deacon Pedro. So tell us about the National Shrine Grotto. What What is your mission there at the shrine? Well, our mission at the National Shrine Grotto is to spread devotion to our Blessed Mother. Uh-huh. Just as you said, this is the oldest replica of the United States mm-hmm. of Our Lady of Lourdes. Okay. And so, of course, Our Lady of Lourdes is, is uh, very important, but just in general, to spread devotion to our Blessed Mother and to right. be here for our visitors. Right. And how? what's a little bit of the history? How did you end up with a replica of the Lourdes Grotto in Maryland? Well, we are actually on the campus of Mount St. Mary's University uh-huh. and Seminary. Okay. So there is a seminary here, too. Yeah. And it was founded by Father John Dubois. Uh-huh. He lived in France. So okay. I think he had, a, he had a pretty good connection at the time when Our Lady of Lourdes had uh, appeared to okay. St. Bernadette. Uh-huh. And... Just within, so that was in 1858, and just within wow. uh, 12 years, our seminarians built a replica of the grotto up here on top of the mountain. Wow. And so I guess it's been a little bit of a, of a pilgrimage site since then. Yes, yes. Actually, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, okay. the first saint yeah. of the United States of yes, America. Yes, yes. She actually would call this the grotto oh even before gosh. 1858. Oh my it goodness! Was, uh, she she just enjoyed being up here on the mountain and praying with the sisters and with the with the men from the college wow. and the seminary. That's awesome. So it's been here for about 200 years, but we've been a national shrine. We're celebrating this year uh-huh. 60 years. Oh, as a national shrine. That's great! Congratulations. 
Um, do I you, did it all myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you? So, so you, it's you, you promote devotions to Our Lady. What sorts of activities would you would you host during the year? So, our, our biggest event that we have, we actually have a ninety. I think it's ninety-eight feet high uh-huh. um, of Our Lady. It's a large gold uh, statue uh-huh. of Our Blessed Mother. And we crown her in oh, May, okay. first Sunday of the month of May. Yeah, and it's absolutely beautiful. We have to get this huge crane, and our um, rector of our seminary gets on the crane, and he'll go out there and crown her. Mm-hmm. So that's one of our celebrations. Mm-hmm. But of course, all of our ladies' feast days, right? Uh, we love to celebrate. We'll have uh, processions and adoration and rosary. Um, lots of prayers for her and, and again, for our, our pilgrims that have come here. Right. And I know that next Wednesday for all souls, all saints, you also have activities for children. What's what's happening? I was going to say for Halloween, but I guess it's really all yeah. saints. Right, right. The vigil of all saints. Yeah. Um, we do take a little twist on the, the trick-or-treat of what, um, what the, a lot of the children would do for Halloween, Mm -hmm. but we have children will dress up as saints, Mm -hmm. and then they go to the different shrines and different gardens of our national shrine, the different areas, and there they will um, have a prayer and a little reflection, and then they receive a treat. Wonderful. Um, and so, but people don't have to wait for something to be happening. Anybody can go to the to the shrine at any time and, and, and walk around or pray, or right? Because it's open to the general yes. public all the time. Um, Absolutely. You also organize pilgrimages abroad. I know that uh, in a couple weeks you're taking a pilgrimage to to Ireland. Now, it makes sense that you would do pilgrimages to Lourdes, France, but where did the idea of doing pilgrimages, other other pilgrimages, come from? Well, we, as you said, two years ago was our first um, pilgrimage that we did abroad, and that was to Our Lady of Lourdes in France mm-hmm. and also to Our Lady of Fatima. Uh-huh. That group of, of people kept saying, well, we need to go, we need to go to Ireland, we need to go to France, we need to go to these different places. And we thought, okay, yeah, let's let's give this a shot. Let's let's try. We are here. Our mission is to spread devotion to Our Lady, and of course, through our our Blessed Mother, is of course to get to Jesus Christ. Right. And so we thought, what is the the best way to do that? But to have pilgrimages right. all over. So we we are we have um, of course, like you said, we're going to Ireland in uh-huh. a couple of weeks. And then the Holy Land in and the then, spring. Yes. And then we have more scheduled to go back to Lourdes and to go to Poland and Wonderful. And yeah. We we have one we have we are now planning two pilgrimages a year, one in the fall and one in the spring. Right. Okay. And I want to talk to you about the Holy Land one because I'm hoping to join you on that one. Um yes. so so tell me about that. It is it is it's a ten day um pilgrimage to the Holy Land. It's hosted by you and also by Father Michael Barone. Tell us about Father Michael. Yes. Father Michael, he actually um, attended our seminary here at Mount St. Mary's, mm-hmm. and we've remained good friends. He's now in the Archdiocese in Newark, mm-hmm. and he's absolutely just a wonderful spirit, and he has gone to the Holy Land a few times, mm-hmm. so we asked him to come with us so he could show us around. <laughs> Great. And would, would the focus of the pilgrimage, because your mission is to, to, I guess, promote devotions to Our Lady, would it have sort of a Marian spin to this trip to the Holy Land? 
You know, that's that's a good question. Actually, no. Um, (laughs) I mean, of course, I'm sure she'll come up here and there. Oh, I'm sure, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we we are going to visit kind of the highlighted areas of um, Mount Carmel, Mm -hmm. Elijah's Cave, Mm -hmm. Mount Mm -hmm. the Beatitudes, Jerusalem. I mean, all of the the kind of the the places that we all wanted to see while we are uh, reflecting on the mysteries of Jesus We want to to imagine ourselves being there, Mm -hmm. and so by going on this trip will really help us to be able to do that. And of course, our Blessed Mother will be with us the entire time. Absolutely, as she always is. Um, so, so it's 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 a it's it's a great opportunity. It's ten days from March 11th to the 20th. So I believe that's the first week in Lent. Um, yeah. So it's a great way to begin your Lenten journey with Mary in the Holy Land. You're going to Nazareth and Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Haifa, Tiberias, all the places, as well as, as Mount Carmel, all the places you, you mentioned. Um, it's it's a great opportunity. The trip leads from Washington, because that's, I guess, as close to where you guys are. Um, and yeah, all the information, yeah. people can find information on your website. Yes. Which is the yes. N- N- nsgrotto.org. Yes, correct. Correct. So I hope that people, um, um, I know the deadline's coming up November 15th, so if people wanted to join in, they should go right now and and, uh, get all the information so they can see if this is going to be the time that they get to go. Everybody should go at least once in their life, I think. All Christians, definitely to the Holy Land. And what better way to go is with a group of other Christians, Catholics, with a a spiritual director, a, a priest, with someone like you, Lori, that 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 you've you've you you'd be a great guide. You know what you're doing. You've been around. You you've been doing this for a long time. Um, and uh, and as far as I see it, um, I mean, ten days is 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 not is is a lot more than what the usual pilgrimages. And and there's a lot a couple extra things that you wouldn't normally do on your typical kind of six seven day pilgrimage. So I think it's worth going. And as I said, I'm hoping to go. So if people can go. Maybe that'll encourage me to go with you as well if you want to go to the Holy Land with me. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Lori, that I'm forgetting about letting people know about that pilgrimage? Well, let me first say we would love to have you. Yes. I, I think Thank that you. would be so exciting and wonderful. Yes. <laughs> um, we, do, we do have, I just want to mention, it's, it's really fantastic. We usually have a mix of wonderful people on our pilgrimages of all different cultures, and experiences and bringing us all together is such a wonderful mm-hmm. journey together and, and learning about uh, Jesus's life will just be such a fantastic and spiritual experience. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's no way to bring the gospel to life than to be there in the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. And thank you. And I've, I, I, I've, in the last couple months that I've learned so much more about the grotto, it's not that far from here in Toronto to go to Emmitsburg. Um, so I'm hoping that I can go and spend some time there, maybe in the summer. I don't know if I want to go in the winter, but <laughs> and, and because it sounds like a beautiful, beautiful place. So thank you for oh, telling us. To have you. Yeah, Lori, thank you for telling us uh, a bit about 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 your work and what you do, and certainly for inviting us to this pilgrimage. Well, thank you very much, and God bless. You too. Lori Stewart is the director of the National Shrine Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes. From March 11th to the 20th, she'll be hosting a pilgrimage with Father Michael Barone to the Holy Land. Again, deadline for registration is November 15th, so hurry up. All the information you need can be found at the Shrine's website, 
nsgrotto.org, but I'm going to put that site on our website so you can find it easily, and hopefully I'll be able to join you on that pilgrimage too. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Out of Darkness, with Of the Father's Love Begotten from their latest album, Where You Are. was Out of Darkness with Of the Father's Love Begotten from their latest album, Where You Are. Now, I don't have a daughter, nor am I a mom, and I've never heard of a mom and daughter journal. I don't know if that's a thing. And so when Lori Yubowski of the group Out of Darkness told me about this book project that she was writing with her daughter Ava, I was intrigued. The book is titled Side by Side, A Catholic Mother-Daughter Journal. And it is beautifully designed and rich in spiritual content with each page containing thought-provoking prompts designed to help a mother and a daughter share their thoughts and faith while strengthening their connection with each other. And that's it. That's all I know. So to tell us more about it, I am now joined by Lori and Ava Yubowski. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Lori, welcome back. And Ava, welcome for the first time. So why, why did you, Lori, why did you want to write a book with your daughter, Ava? That's a really good question. We, um, 
a couple of years ago, we had moved and um, we had just some things to kind of figure out. And Ava was kind of reaching the age where she could kind of make decisions on her own as far as, you know, what I want to be involved in and how am I feeling about this move and um, just kind of starting to navigate that territory of um, trying to be more emotionally connected with her as she was going through different things in life and discovered quickly that she processes much differently um, than I do. And, and I like to talk things through to kind of figure out, you know, what's the best path to take. And um, But she very much internalizes and thinks about it for quite a while. And so I was finding us kind of at a standstill where I was trying to talk her through things, but she needed time to just think about it as I stared at her expecting an answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we started uh, writing back and forth to each other uh, in a journal we had found, but we, we quickly found that it just, it just didn't incorporate anything that would help us talk about our faith. Um, so while it did help kind of our communication level, it didn't, it didn't really dive into the things that I felt we really needed to strengthen our right. relationship and just to communicate together. Uh-huh. And did the idea to to just write your own was that something that you came came the idea came of you together, Ava? How did you feel about the fact that your mother wanted to have these conversations or even write a journal with you? Um, well, I was honestly quite surprised because, like, I didn't expect her to want to write a book. Like, I didn't. Uh-huh. I honestly didn't think she'd have the patience to do that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're being honest today. Yeah. But, but did but you... F- I was, yeah? I was quite excited because, I mean, it was pretty cool that I would get to write a book at age 12. Yeah. And uh, I just thought she had a lot of potential to put um, really good ideas and thoughts and prompts into that book, so... Right. And did you feel when you were doing the journal before you decided to write your own, did you, when you were doing the journal with your mom, did you, did you like that? Or did you think that was a little strange or awkward? Well, I, I really like the journal actually, because like, it's like talking to her, except you don't have to see her face. (laughs) So it's like, it's like, um, yeah, it's like that. You can... It takes the pressure off. Yeah, you can yeah. say more things in the book. And Absolutely. you don't really feel that embarrassed. Yeah, I think and I, it... And you can know that, like, whatever goes into the book stays there unless, like, you want to talk about it outside of there. Yeah. But it's it just feels more secure to me. Of course. I'm sure that anybody who's a daughter or a son would actually understand exactly what you mean. Um, Lori, can you tell us quickly what, how the book is designed? You said so there are some, some, you have some quotes. Are there stories in there? How did you, what, what sorts of things did you include in this journal that makes it different from other mother journal, mother-daughter journals out there? Sure, yeah. Um, as it evolved in working with our editor, we, we organized it into sections and I kind of call, I call them sections, not chapters, because the cool thing about this journal is that you don't have to go in any particular order. Right. It's designed so that you can write to each other um, in any space, mm-hmm. whatever is kind of speaking to you at the time. Um, so in that way, that takes pressure off as well. And uh, But the, the different sections each have the same kind of format and setup. So it would include personal story from Ava and I, we each write our own section okay. and then we spotlight a saint or, um, or a Bible character mm-hmm. and 
then we have a section to get to know each other, just fun, silly things. Um, we'll write back and forth to each other, and then we'll have a section that will dive deeper into our faith and talk about some of the things or the characteristics and qualities that those saints um, portrayed and how we can, you know, strive to be like the saints in that section. And then um, Ava's favorite section, you can talk about that for a second if you want. The creative section. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so tell me, Ava. The creative section is like um, there's different ones in each uh, chapter slash section, but it's like different questions where you can you can either like draw it or just write out what you think about it. Mm-hmm. And like some of them are really cool. Like there's um, a coloring page and like a word scramble almost. Okay. I just like. It's just a fun way to put creativity and into talking about your faith and everything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. So um, uh, who's this book for, Lori? Is it just for mothers and daughters? Can I use it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could. Um, that's a good question because we do definitely have the Catholic identity to that book. And, of course, with um, Ave Maria Press. Yeah. and a Catholic publisher, and they're, I just have to say, they've been absolutely amazing to work with. Um, but I do want to say that it's it's not limited to Catholics. There's a lot that um, any mothers and daughters, or, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a situation where it's a grandmother and a daughter, mm-hmm. or a granddaughter, mm-hmm. um, it's it's definitely something that can be adapted, because we, we do recognize that families come in all different shapes and sizes these days, and um, so we do want to encourage people to know that it's something they could check out, right? And um, yeah, and and our age group is is pretty much the tween years, um, right? So even like ten yeah. to early high school or even beyond. Um, yeah, it's, it's that's kind of the target age. But um, but if you feel your daughter's you know mature enough at nine, even mm-hmm. I mean, we just give it a try. Um, it's right. not too early to start developing that bond and that that healthy communication. Yeah. That's a really good point. So anybody that has that sort of mother-daughter, it can be an aunt, it can be an older sister, or, mm-hmm. or a godmother, that's that's really good. Um, I don't want to let you guys go without asking you about, because you live in Florida, and you were just hit by mm-hmm. Hurricane Michael, and I know that you were uh, greatly affected by that. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you how that went for you? Yeah, sure. We um, have lived on the coast, uh, Gulf Coast of Florida for 16 years now, and We've sat through a few hurricanes, but this one uh, just just really didn't feel right. It was strengthening really fast, and it was not. It didn't appear to that it was going to stop. So we actually evacuated for the first time ever. Really, um, and very very grateful that we did. Our when we got back, our house um, we discovered that our house had taken on a lot of roof damage and a lot of water damage. The holes just opened up in the ceiling. The ceilings collapsed. Um, Water poured down the stairs and flooded every hmm. every room on our first floor. Um, we have lost a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, we're now displaced for uh, probably it could be up to a year. So, and now that it's been it's two weeks to the day actually as mm-hmm. we're speaking, but um, it it's actually amazing that we can talk about this without tearing up at the moment. It's kind of we've just kind of gone through many many of those stages of grief and have accepted our new mm-hmm. normal. Um, but it's just unbelievable. It's, it's probably already out of the news. I don't even know. I haven't been able it, yeah. to really watch any television, but 
it, this is going to take forever for our community to come back from. Everything is basically destroyed. Yeah, I think you're. Um, yeah, you're right. It's it's not in the news anymore, but it's good for us to remember that this is something that has affected real people, you included, and your whole community. And so we will keep you in your prayers. Um, I also wanted you. to ask you. I know we've been playing some music from um from your previous albums, but the reason we're doing that is because you have a new uh, publishing deal with World Library Publications. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah. Very excited to be a part of the World Library uh, family. We uh. Our, five of our songs, um, two of them are off our latest album, and then the other three are from our previous album, Album yeah. Stronghold. Um, but very excited to have those in their, their resources, and it'll be available as sheet music as well. And, Great. Uh, yeah, so we're very excited, and we appreciate you sharing. Yeah, so, so, so these songs and three of the ones, well, we've heard two, and we're going to hear another one now, so they will be available for sheet music so people can use them presumably in liturgy, <laughs> I suspect. Yeah. Um, but I guess they liturgy, can use them adoration. for anything else they want. So that's through World Library mm-hmm. Publications. Okay, you guys, I'm going to have to leave it there because we're out of time, but um, I'm so glad that you reached out to tell me about, about the journal. I think I'm going to secretly journal by myself. <laughs> Pretend I'm I'm my mother and my daughter at the same time, and see how that goes to That's see awesome. if I can get in touch with my inner inner daughter. Um, uh, thank you, Ava. Thank you for uh, for uh, for uh, coming on the show with your mom. It was fun to meet you over the airwaves. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Okay, thank good. Thank you so much. Yes, by Lorian. Say hello to Adam. Definitely. God bless you. You too. So side by side, this new mom, mother, and daughter journal. It's a it's a it's a Catholic mother and daughter journal by Lori and Ava Yubowski. It's published by Ave Maria Press. They have a website, sidebysidejournal.com. That's where you can get all the information. You can also learn about the Yubowskis and the music of their group, Out of Darkness, at their website, outofdarknessmusic.com. And so we're going to close the show with one of those songs from Out of Darkness. Here is Let My Soul Proclaim from their album, Stronghold. Let my soul proclaim your greatness, Lord, let my soul, let my soul proclaim. Well, how can this be? You have shown me the Savior, and I will call him Jesus. His mercy sets me free. I am not afraid, for you have shown great favor. Nothing is impossible. Let my soul proclaim. We're listening to Out of Darkness with Let My Soul Proclaim from their album Stronghold, and that will bring us to the end of the program this week. Remember that if you miss any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Southern Night Hour programs at southernighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we post links to our artists or guests. You can also download the Southern Night Hour podcast off iTunes or the Google Play Store. You can contact us via email, radio at saltandlighttv.org, or via Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Salt and Light TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Chan. Emily is at Emmy Callan, and I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. 
Thank you for being with us today. I am Billy Chen. And I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been The, the Salt, Salt and Light Hour. Magnify your grace